Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's hard, suck, but it's also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's, you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the wind. And then you aim high, you play the wind. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. You brought this up. Yeah. It's because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Buy. Ooh, it's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but yep. they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year we're going to be running the Mission Platform or the EDP Platform, the EDP. depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah, nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go yep. check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was it's a big because part. of Prime shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus Four. I'm shooting the Nexus Two this year. Go check them out. G5Prime.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared you do tend to get lost. A lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids. And you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have, you can download them onto the HuntWise platform. So you're not, you can, give you it just, a try. You can just hit the ground. And you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and like I had to shoot a different arrow would I shoot vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a – And then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, vectorcustomshop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. Welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Uh, today, today's podcast is a, kind of a special one because recently I found myself in a, uh, I, I guess you could say like a YouTube black hole where I stumbled upon the Ranch Ferry uh, channel, Troy, and all of a sudden I started watching stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, I just got to get this guy on before I even get any further you know, you do a quick search, go to, go to archery talk and, uh, dot com. And there's a, there's a lot of opinions about some of the things that you've been, <laughs> you've been saying. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, um, you're, you're a pretty smart guy. So I wanted to have you on and, and to just talk here, first of all, a little bit about who you are, your background, um, some of the things you've been working on, and then your yeah. kind of your approach to archery. Does that work for you? Okay. That works for me. I'm completely full of crap. And so Something will come out moderately entertaining, hopefully. Yeah. You know what? If we need to edit it, we will. But no, we won't. Uh, so let's start with that. Troy, get, tell me a little bit about who you are. What's your background? So I'm a respiratory therapist uh, who's always shot. I came out of the womb with a fishing rod. Nice. I have a fishing problem still to this day. That's significant. I've got five fishing trips between now and August, and I will fish all through the fall. I don't deer hunt much anymore. Ironically, I have a, a bow hunting channel, but um, the, the short story is I started, uh, I killed a Pope and Young Deer in 2008 on low fence and legit, no, none of this Texas, you know, jacking them up and all that stuff, 150, 55 inch deer with my bow, and I just don't care to shoot another one. I don't know what's wrong with me. So there's a lot of things, um, but I've never lost my love of shooting feral hogs and hunting them and the big pigs, even though we hunt, we, we hunt over feeders and bait, the big ones don't always come out. People kind of have this vision that if you put a feeder out anywhere, the big, the biggest pig on the ranch will just walk in front of you and you can plunk him in. That's a bunch of BS. They're super smart and you got to kind of whitetail hunt them. Everything's got to be right. They're really wary, the big ones yeah. on, on hunted properties. You get on one that hadn't been hunted there. They, 
it's fun because they're stupid. As is the case for any animal that That's is correct. hunted. So, you know, they get five or six years, get shot at a few times, they get pretty special. So if you really are serious about killing one on our place, over 200 pounds is a big one. And there's places with bigger ones. We just have, it's a combination of food and all the other things. Like an Iowa deer is going to be gigantic and right. blah, blah, blah. So generally speaking. So um, I started passing pigs. I'd have the feeder go off and have 20 pigs in front of me and just let them go. Because hmm. I was hunting big ones. You're a bit of a trophy hunter. You're, you're, you're telling right. me. Right? I started. I, I would shoot some sows and call this and shoot that, but sure. I used to just shoot them whenever they showed up. So then I started letting them pass and started hunting the big ones. And at one time, I was less than fifty percent effective when I would shoot at a big one, and I'm at a feeder at seventeen yards. Really? Okay. Because they're tough animals. I mean, well, there's a lot going on there. So okay. Having that happen, I'm a respiratory therapist. Uh, I had a cadaver. There is no magic pulmonary structure in any animal on the earth. God made them all the same. Sure. Okay. So they're not tough. They're not. They have a very unusual kill zone. Yeah. And they have hellacious rib structure. The shield is the thing that's overblown and all the archery talk assets will sit in their bite basement, picking the belly button. They, there's stuff out of their belly button, never shot one talking sure. about the shield. <laughs> it's nothing. It's just a rubber piece of goo. The ribs are the biggest problem. And then um, they don't bleed. They just tend to seal up. So you got to kill them quick. It's because of the fat, right? I know that's what the bears like. Yeah, they yeah. they have a lot of fat. They have real loose skin. Uh, they have a lot of mud on them that eats up your broadheads on impact. So with the lack of success I was having, which is kind of pissing me off because I wanted to kill them big ones. Right. I wanted to shoot them. And so I have guns too. And they work great. So I read Ed's study. Ed Ashby, the Ashby Foundation now is formed. Ed, just search Ashby Foundation. Yeah. There's, a, There's a lot. Dr. There. Ed did a 27-year study on arrow penetration. That's all he studied. And I, I read that in like 2015. I read it end to end because I have a very scientific mind, which is where my channel is going. So I into the science. And that's where I'm disruptive and I say some crazy crap about other people's stupid broadheads and stuff. But anyway... <laughs> I had nothing to lose because I was already failing. It's okay, a very right. You're 50%. Equation. Right. Yeah. Right. If you're one out of two, I can't get worse. Maybe. I had nothing to lose. The last pig I shot when I still wasn't believing what I was seeing. I mean, you're talking about the arrow slowing way down. I'm shooting 70 pounds. I'm shooting almost 300 feet per second. I'm shooting 400 spine twizzlers with mechanicals and muzzies and all kinds of stuff. I had every broadhead. I was trying to solve the equation by using the same crap differently. I didn't make a change. Yeah. It's the definition of insanity. Sure. I do that kind of thing all the time, unfortunately. Yeah, no, we all do. It's a learning process. So I started farting around by myself in the dark. Don't tell your friends. Adding mass, arrows slowing down and just going, there's no way that makes any sense. I shot a pig at 16 yards with a schwacker and a 400 spine arrow going about 300 feet per second. And it penetrated four inches. I've got it on video. The arrow stuck in his side. It was 235 pounds because I killed him. The arrow hits the feeder leg and flies in the air. And the schwacker was bent. It never oh, yeah. cleared the impact uh, chest wall. Really? Yep. And I said, well, that's the last time I'm doing that. And I had built a 670 grain arrow with a single bell that was going about 220. Okay. Nice and that you could race dumb, it to the target. Yep. That yeah. same stupid pig came out. And the second time I shot him, he ran and I looked out the temp line and there was dust. And I said, oh, that's different. Yeah. He went, he went 45 yards. Yeah. Penetrated Just all the way to fletchings. And he went 45 yards and was down. Okay. And I went, hmm. It was like a lightning bolt. So that's what I did. And so I continue, I start, I continue to study on the pigs because I got piles. Now I shoot more of them just to test things. But I, got, I have this unlimited amount of targets. 
The state right. doesn't care. Yep. <laughs> Lots of testing. There's can not be done. even there's not even a want and waste law on Oh yeah. Okay. You can just, I mean, if you wanted to, just toss them is what you're That's is correct. What you mean you can by toss that. them. They don't care. They're just a nuisance animal. So you can shoot them repeatedly. Like a deer legally, you can't shoot a deer. You should not shoot a deer and then test on a deer. Right. Because you're wasting the deer by just blowing arrows through its thorax. It's illegal. If you were planning to post that on YouTube, do not. Don't. don't. Well, do it if you want to be arrested. Yeah, you get a free trip to jail. You don't want to be arrested. Yeah. (laughs) So that's my story. And what happened to me was I started posting this stuff. I figured no one would listen. And then it went freaking stupid. Yeah. And I caused a massive, I caused the earth to shift. And I still fish mostly. (laughs) Right. And that's, that's so funny. It's like, well, and it's like, I don't go hunt that much. A couple of things. But I do the science side, right? Right. That's the fun part. Well, it's just funny to me. Um, I don't know what this means about people, but the fact that they got that upset about just you recommending something that might work better for them. Like, well, I do push, I do push though. I make fun of of, of mechanical broadheads because they are the most inefficient thing on the front of a stick. There's no doubt about that. I'm getting ready to post a video. I've got the downrange energy levels out to 60 yards for arrows from 388 to 715 grams. Okay. Okay. I have it. I shot it through a lab radar and you just do kinetic energy. Yeah. And as the arrow slows down, it's, it's peeling off kinetic energy. Okay. Yeah. Then I went to the websites for the mechanical broadhead companies and they're posting 50, 55 pounds of kinetic energy recommended on their website. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, newsflash, my bow at 65 pounds launches at 78. Right out of the bow. Correct. Right. Down range, it loses 10. It's at 68. And it takes 55 to, to get the broadhead to work. How much I got left? Roughly 10 foot pounds. Yeah. Not a lot of margin. No, there's not right. When you hit them perfect, I've done it. I shot yeah. I shot. Oh. That black wildebeest right there. Oh, yeah. With a rage at 25 <laughs> yards. And I shot him right over the top of the heart in 2010 or something. It was when they first came out and the, and the guide said, you got to shoot these things. I said, all right, if I lose one, you're paying for it. He said, yeah. fine. Well, I hit it right on top of the heart. Let's shot that far out in 40 yards. And I said, it's the magic bullet. Oh, yeah. It's not the magic bullet after that. But you, you know what though? A lot of people have that story. I have the same. I, I used to shoot schwackers for a long for not a, long, oh, yeah, a no. couple of years. I'm like, man, I shot this my biggest buck, and he ran maybe 40 yards, and like yeah, you right. said, blood shooting out. I'm like, yeah, right. holy cow, this is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. not always, not if you hit any only if you hit them like perfect. Any any kind of da- anything off, and I found, like you said, it'll either bounce out or you'll find your your arrow like way in a different part of the cavity of the right, animal. It, 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 it redirects. So yeah. you mentioned talking about shot placement. This is something I want to, I'm going to do a video on this one of these days. I've got videos already on archery out to September, so I don't have to do any more work this year, but <laughs> I may plug some stuff in there. But when, for anybody listening to this, who's already steaming out their ears and going to get on archery talk, they join the crowd. I don't watch, I don't watch any of that stuff. I don't know about it. So if you're going to smash on me, I won't hear about it. It's fine. Y'all can do whatever you want. Don't, Really, my wife's been buying for 30 years. I got great kids and I fish a ton, but Life's I need good. you to conceptualize this. Um, if let's assume that everything has to go pretty much right. And let's say that shot placement is the major killing factor, which is what all the pros who bash on me say. It's fine. All the pro guys who make all the big money say the ranch is an idiot because it's all shot placement. Let's go with that. <clears throat> if your broadhead's two inches wide, okay, you need to take about an inch out of your the circle that is perfect shot placement, and you need to reduce that circle to take the scapula out of play and the yep. spine out of play. Okay, it reduces the kill zone if you can't clip a bone or the deer jumps the string. Yeah. So I. And I, I've said this, I make fun of mechanicals. When you hit them right, they're amazing. Sure. There's nothing. It's amazing. And we've had a couple of animals shot through the middle where guts were coming out and stuff, and it saved the hunt. 
And I can't say that that's not true. Right. Yeah. But we've had a ton of bumps. We've had more bumps from them drop dropping and catching yeah. it with their shoulder blade than we've had magical saving moments where the guts sprayed out. You're right. So just in your head, if the kill zone is the size of a dinner plate and the edge of that dinner plate, the, the, the upper, let's say the scapula and spine, the upper third of that is um, you need to be an inch inside that. So your dinner plate just shrunk. Couple little, inches. It, your, your shot placement's got to be that much better. Yeah. And it's it's just the more I do this and the more evil things I've done to some feral hogs, quartering in and stuff with some big, heavy, scary broadheads and just snapping, breaking them. I mean, just shoulder shooting them and they just go and they yeah. can't handle it and tips them over. I think about cold and nerves and not yeah, everybody's I was just going to say, yep. You've sat there for a few hours, you're cold. And then the deer walks out and you're freaking out. You know, you, your margin for error for something just this got, big. Yeah. Right. So that's the, that's my biggest challenge is um, when the, when the idiots attack me is every, of course, everybody's the best shot on earth when they're talking. And that's not, that's just not true in the human uh, bell curve. Right. The NBA guys and the NFL guys are way on the front edge of the bell curve, and the rest of us just dick around and pull a hammy and walk off the field. We sure. can't, you can't. You run a five two forty, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> the fastest people on earth are in the front of the bell curve. Those are the excellent shots. Like I talked to Aaron Snyder on his podcast, and he has a buddy who shoots very light arrows, and I think he shoots mechanicals. I don't know his name. But the guy gets the elk hunt a lot, and he admits he's very disciplined on his distance and his angles. Sure. Okay. And he's probably nails under pressure. Yeah. But not everybody is. And not every yeah. And well, and it also how many people are hunting as much as some of these guys are. So it's like you have less reps. You add that in there too. That's so right. you know, it could that's be, right. It's just it's a lot of factors, right, working against you. I just try to help Joe Lunchbucket kill a deer. <laughs> really, I mean, they're seriously the guys who have a regular job. They got two kids. I'm 53 years old, right? I've already been through all this. My kids are out of the house now. But you got two kids. You got a real job. You got to pay bills. You got to take care of the kids, and you get to hunt 10 days a year, and that, that may be 10 mornings. Yeah, because you have to every evening you have baseball. Because right. when I coached baseball for 10 years, it cramps your damn style. <laughs> and um, so that person, if I can get them to bear shaft, get perfect arrow flight, get their arrows, their broadheads up to 500, 500 550 grains and sharpen a broadhead to hair pop and sharp, the 10 days they'll be out there, I know they're more lethal. Yeah. That's my story. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the goal. So yeah, the, that's, that's helpful to know. And I, a bunch of things I'm writing them down as, as they come. And I, I want to touch on uh, shot placement here in a minute, because that's uh, okay. a thing you talk about a, a bit, but you know, we've talked about arrow setup. you know, you, you mentioned five to five fifty <clears throat> grains of arrow. You want some, you know, good kinetic energy. All, like if you're looking at an arrow setup for somebody, what, what's your philosophy when it comes to it? Like what's your, if I came to you and said, all right, I need to know the perfect arrow for me. I mean, obviously there's going to be some factors to consider with, you know, poundage, draw length, and everything else, but like, what's your approach? How would you, how would you summarize it? So I start at the front of the thing. Most people start at the bow and their camouflage underwear and they want to figure out if they're going to get back bars and how cool their bow looks. I'm serious. It's just a human thing. Yeah. My bow is. looks like crap. I drag it through the mud. I mean, I'm lucky I get bows, right? Just people do that for me and that's fine. And I appreciate those people who send me equipment, but I don't give much crap. My bow's so damn basic. It's boring as hell. I got a stabilizer. And that's about it. So I start on the stick, which is what I study. And this is all influenced by Ed. All I did was take Ed's study and try to replicate it. And now I'm friends with Ed. Right. And I'm on the Ashby Foundation. So the stick can't break. Yep. And the stick has to penetrate whatever it hits. So we are going to start at the front and we are going to start talking about broadheads that are legit. Something that's pretty easy to sharpen right off the bat because most people don't want to get into the wizard hat crap right off the bat. That's normal. 
you start with a spinning rod and go to a level one, then you learn to skip it under bushes, right? Yeah, but you exactly. don't skip, you don't yeah. skip a half ounce jig back into a bush the first day you fish. So, um, and then I would work you backwards to a moderately moderate weight. I like the mid diameter shafts. Yep. I don't like the micros. Most of the outsert systems are pretty crappy. So if that bends, then your broadhead fails because it redirects it or snaps off. Yep. And I, my sponsor, Sirius, makes a great micro. I just don't like the outsource and they can hate on me all they want. But I like, are, they do pose some, some tricky trickiness, you know, the, yeah, there's just an there's extra some, fail. Yeah. There's, if they're well on micros, everything sits on the top. Right. Snyder's got that Over the top, system yeah. where it glues to the broadhead in, but nobody wants to commit that much. Sure. Right. Right. That means like I have four arrows that I, that are my hunting arrows. I never shoot them. And two of them are JB welded together. <laughs> yeah. I just went nail guy hunting and I JB welded the 125 grain post with the old school broadhead adapter. And then I JB welded the tough head, the three inch long tough head onto that. They're not coming apart. No. Right. But anyway, I would have a moderate weight, 10 grains per inch mid diameter. Mm -hmm. I would have a great broadhead on the front, preferably hand sharpenable. I'm not against four blades. I just brought out a three blade that's branded the Raspberry Broadheads on Sirius's channel because it's easy to sharpen. It's one piece. Yeah. It's a high penetration unit. And for beginners, it's a kick ass. If you'll take the jump, it's a great next step, right? You don't jump all the way to tough head three inch single bevels and 715 grain arrows like I shoot. You come across, it's progressive. Right. And then we would do arrow flight. And that's the hardest part. Yeah. Explain that. Why is it the hardest part? There's just a lot of factors. Um, the archery, the archery talk idiots and all the bow tuning clowns will say it's all about the bow. Right. And they're wrong. The bow's got to be pretty square. It's got to do repeatable stuff, but people are very different. Yeah. The way yeah. they shoot and they hold it. I've got a bow up here. I, I gave it to somebody. I had a bow. I could not bear shaft. I even took it apart and started twisting the cables and crap, which I never did. Yeah, right. And I could never get it to bear shaft. So I put it back to ATA square. My son, however he holds it, lights out. Really? And he's the same height as me, same draw length. He can shoot that thing bear shaft like a machine. And when I saw that, I said, whoa, we're a problem. Right. It's the person. Yeah, the person. Yeah. Okay. And then there's some untunable crap out there. I don't do brands, but I'm going to tell you, I get a thousand messages a month between April and September. Yeah. And it's all arrow tuning. Some of them are repeats and I'm helping somebody. Sure. But the short bows under 30 inches are very, seem to have more problems. Yeah. Yep. And the really cool Matthews bows, and I don't care. They don't sponsor me and I don't care what brand seem to be really picky. Yeah. I've had, I've had, I shot some Matthews in the past. I don't work with them now, but I've had similar issues with that. I don't, um, I don't know that much about bows. And that's one of the things everybody slams on me. Like, Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how to twist the strings and flip the cams. Sure. I get that. So what I would do then with you is we would, uh, bear shaft. I'd take a couple of different spines of arrows, cut them to your draw length. We'd add some point. We'd change the points around and try to get that something to bear shaft for you. Yeah. And then we would just shoot that. Yeah. So every time you change the point, the spine changes. The dynamic spine, when you hit the button and turn it loose, the shaft bends different. It sure. ain't much. But a 300 spine arrow with a 300 grain point is a, you know, is a 350. Right. Yeah, I don't know right. that. I don't, I've never, I don't know. Everybody listening, chill. I don't know for a fact <laughs> of 350. It softens. It, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. You don't have a chart, although that would be kind of cool, actually. It to would see be a chart, cool. You know, um, but your point is basically when the arrow flexes around the riser, it flexes differently based on how much weight is in the front, which makes total sense because it's how mm -hmm. much is it pushing. And as, if it, right. as it pushes more, it bends more. If it pushes less, it's, it's flexing less. Right. So then it's basically a ram tester. And then the other thing people don't understand is when you pitch a release, whatever release you're shooting, the knock moves first. 
No, no, off the air. Nothing, nothing takes off altogether. Okay. So the points out there, even a light point's heavier than a knock. Right. So when you hit the release, the knock starts moving, transfers energy, the shaft starts bending up sideways, whichever way it goes, and then it takes off. Right. You're better to think of it like a snake coiling up and popping and taking off. Sure. Okay. Yep. But it's also wobbling and stuff. So we would work on perfect aeroflight after that. And we would agree that you're going to, you would commit to a real broadhead and a decent insert. And then we would get it to fly. What's your, uh, what's your current go-to broadhead type? Um, I'm shooting right now. I'm shooting the tough head, the long three to one mm-hmm. tough head for when I get serious about no guy and big pigs and stuff like that. I've been testing my three blade broadhead. It's been doing really well. And then um, my, if I was just going to shoot one setup, I would shoot, I shoot my, my bow likes a 250 spine Sirius Apollo. I shoot feathers and it likes a hundred grain insert and a 200 grain point. Like that'll bear shaft all day. I can shoot it in paper and make mistakes and it still shoots nice. Uh, it, it cleans you know, it up your mistakes for you. Yeah. But I never get a four inch tear out of it, right? right? It's super stable. And that's my, that would be my go-to. I wouldn't go any lower than that. Feathers. Because I'm used to the trajectory now. So yeah, um, you kind of, yeah, exactly. You're kind of used to how the arrow flies. I'm used to seeing how they go down range. Yeah. Um, so if you, you've said feathers, you get the feathers, not the, no blazers or anything on the, the back. I don't shoot bangs. My, the, we have a branded branch for arrow and it has veins on it. Cause I don't know where it's going. Sure. So if it goes to somewhere rainy, I don't want you to deal with feathers, but right. feathers weigh my feathers are one and a half inches long by one half inch tall. They're tiny. Yeah. I shoot four fletch. Um, they weigh 1.5 grains per inch I mean, per feather. Okay. And the veins about six to 10, depending on which one you yeah. put your hands on. So I lose a ton of tail weight that way. So yeah, that makes so it helps you still kind of direct the arrow, but it's not adding weight that you got to offset with right. your front weight. It takes a ton of weight off the tail because it's comparatively. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ideal setup. Now, the other thing I want to come back to is you mentioned shot placement. You hear a lot about shot placement. You hear that uh, when people are upset about whatever you're, you're saying. Uh, yeah, right. That's for sure. But I, you've said some things about shot placement that also are, are people don't always agree with either. Uh, but it's, I don't know. I don't know why they don't. So do you want to explain what you're, when you're looking at, shoot, say shooting a deer, white-tailed deer. Uh, most of our mm-hmm. listeners do that. Where, where are you aiming on that deer? Uh, two inches above the elbow. Yeah. It, it, I, broadside. Broadside. Two inches above the elbow. No back. Because a lot of guys no. will go elbow back. And mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense. And the only the reason that's popular is because the mechanical guys promote that because their broadheads work better back there. Yeah. Less to hit. Um, there's no bone. There's not as heavy bone structure. The rib cage right. as factually gets thinner. The ribs actually thin out back there. It's a, you know, rear lung liver risky shot anatomically, just factually. And the way I'm wired, I don't do bullshit. I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't, the facts just, I can't do it. I had right. a human in parts in a freaking earth, big container. I've raised out of the, the fluid every day I worked on. Right. Everything's where it's at. So I like to say the anatomy doesn't change. The angles change. Right. But there's a lot of people that say, okay, well, on the quarter and in shot, did you kind of shoot them back? And wow, I don't know what this is. A spam call. I get those lately. I don't know what that is either. It tells Sorry, me. Sorry, we're getting a spammer. Okay, they went away. Um, the anatomy uh, more forward, right up, straight up the leg, lower one third in the vital V. There's a hole in there vital inside v. the rib where they, yeah. the scapula goes up. It's Twice, you know, it's a as big as your palm, your hands spread out. And if you can't hit that at 20 yards, you shouldn't be hunting. Yeah. And then all the vital things are are forward. Yeah. So it's actually less risky than shooting them back 
and getting a one low, one lobe of one long liver gut shot, and then hoping you find them. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of times you're going to hit them back there, and they're not going to die. You know, well, they're not going to die fast, and they're not going to bleed real well because there's the stomach's back there. The stomach yeah. will cork it up. It's a big sack of grass. Yeah, I don't know what everybody on earth thinks a deer eats, but pretty much they're herbivores. And if you get one that's a carnivore, I want to hunt it because that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Stalk and maybe get my leg gone off. That'd but, be cool. Um, I just I don't know. I when you open them up and you and you, you lay them on their side and you lift the rib cage and just look down on it, it becomes very clear where vitals are. Now pigs make you pigs force you to shoot them there because their lungs aren't bad. Their lungs are very tall. They look like a football on a tee. Okay. Yep. That's a that's a great description of if you get behind the crease much, it's and they're a giant gut sack. Sure. That I makes mean, they're sense. stomachs. They're, all, they're like all stomach, their large intestines about this long. They just got an immediate crap factory. Just, <laughs> I had a roommate like that in college. Yeah, right, right. They're just a giant trash can. Yeah. So if you don't shoot them for and you don't shoot them down, they just they they eat the broadhead and go tell their friends and look at that, idiot, you know, <laughs> and they don't die. I um I shot one last year that I had hunted about eight times. He's probably 200. He's over 250. And he came out, chased this pig around the feeder a couple of times, walked in front of the feeder, walked in front of me. And when I released, he kept walking. And I get three inches behind the crease. Right through him, right? Yeah. And I said, well, broadhead didn't fail. Arrow went right through him. He moved. He wiggled when I waggled. Yeah. Two weeks later, he showed up in another deer feeder. He stopped going to that one. Well, didn't kill him. Move. Didn't yeah. kill him. <laughs> Did not kill him. That's an example of um, an A plus arrow system and an F minus shot placement. Sure, sure. But the arrow didn't fail to cause the failure. It did what it was supposed to. It did its job. Right. I didn't. Yeah. Well, he, he went this way and I shot back. A lot of things went wrong there. And that is going to happen to you if you spend any time out there. You're going right. to screw one up. You're going to lose a couple. Things are going to happen. But if it happens because the arrow redirects, the broadhead blades snap off, the blade's dull. So I can't prove this. I've talked to Ed about this. He goes, man, if we can find the ones we lost or the ones that you know, we didn't go a hundred yards further. They were there. Right. But we were out there for two hours and we just didn't keep going. Yeah. We'd learn more than the ones you just pot and they go 50 yards. You right. Don't really exactly. learn anything. The failures are the best teachers. Failures would teach you a lot. And I'm pretty convinced from studying the anatomy. So a pig's got, all of them have dirt on their skin because they roll around a lot. They, they flop in the mud and all that. So that's already bad. If you've cleaned one, they eat knives. So that needs to be conceptually in your head that they're already going to eat elk and really bad too. They got a lot yeah. of dirt in their Cake. skin and in their hair. And I think the broadheads when I was failing were failing or dull. I see. I think at impact, they hit the sand, they hit the hair, then they hit the ribs. And by the time they got to the pulmonary system, they were dull and they were just pushing stuff out of the way. Yeah. Not slicing through like we need them to. Not cutting. Yeah. And if you hit them in the heart or something, you'll still get them. But then your shot, I mean, then your shot placement's the size of the heart. And all of this happens so quick, right? Because, I mean, you're talking the difference, the fur, the mud, you know, it, it's like, it's like such a small bit of time that it dulls is what you're saying. I mean. Correct. That, that's such, that's so quick. Right. And the first, well, the thickest one I've ever measured was five and a half inches from the inside of the rib cage to the skin. Really? <laughs> yeah. Right in the shoulder, right? Right through yeah. the shoulder. Yeah. And because we don't have big fat pigs. I, I mean, I got some friends who kill some huge animals and they're just big and round, but five and a half inches with a tape from the inside of the impact side chest wall, the inside Yep. To the top of the skin was five and a half inches. So that's a lot of work for the broadhead. It is. Yep. Yep. And the first four inches is meat, then it hits the ribcage. So if it dulled pretty good in the sand, went through meat, 
and then hits the rib cage. Then it gets dulled again. Right. Then it goes through because I was getting half an arrow in them. Yeah. Right. You're still getting in there, but you're not doing what you need to do while you're in there. And then when I started going to hand sharpenable, badass steel, they still don't bleed any better or worse than they did before. They just go 50 yards. Right. Um, sharpening. I have two, yep. two things that you said, but the first one is sharpening your arrows. Seems daunting. Seems like uh, I hear that a lot where it's like, I, I don't know how to sharpen an arrow. I mean, I don't want to mess it up. That seems like a lot of work. Is it really a lot of work? Don't go hunting. Don't. <laughs> no, seriously. Sure. <laughs> if you're not willing, you're willing to jack around with your bow and buy stabilizers and tweak it up and tune this and tune that, put a nose button on and peep sights and change the color and jack around with all this stuff. Once again, I'm just like a concrete dude and you will not sharpen or learn to sharpen the thing that does all the work. The most important part of your whole setup. It sounds like you're saying it's the Arrow. only thing. Yeah. There's a lot of focus on the bows and being cool. Well, and the right camo, you need the right camo pattern. You need that right. Just dudes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to have the badass boat that goes 900 miles an hour more than they want to know how to fish. Right. And some dude in a John boat's over there kicking your ass. He never tells anybody he's kicking your ass because he doesn't talk. He's like, yeah, I've got a couple. It's got a Zepco you know, 33. and one seven, you know. Yeah. And so it, it, it scares me. It bothers me a lot that people um, say that, and they do, that sharpening is daunting and, and scary and stuff. And it's the only thing that matters. Right. It's it doing really all the work. makes a big difference. Uh, if, if there's Arrow Flight, Big Mike Tanaka is one of my subscribers. He lives in Louisiana. He doesn't want to be known. He's fine living in his hole somewhere. Um, taught me how to get arrows to fly, bear shaft and knock tuning and all that. And then he also is a sharpening wizard. And when he started messing with me and I started stropping, I really started killing him. Yeah. I mean, it was a noticeable distance from me shooting to them on the ground really when i hit them right i don't even blood trail like i know where they ran i just walk i'll blood trail later sure you just i just walk over there i go about 50 yards and i don't find them real fast and i go back and find blood. interesting so i mean that's that's a good point you brought up because when, when growing up i shot the like a lot of my friends and family shot the muzzies right yeah sure nothing against the fine people that make muzzies um but after a while i stopped shooting them because of the lack of blood trail like i would shoot i wouldn't find any i would find some drops and i would have to really rely on my blood tracking ability to find anything which led me mm -hmm. to switch to uh you know mechanicals like like the schwacker or like the rage that those mm -hmm. big you know easy to to pop open just until my friend had one uh pop open as he shot at a buck and his yeah, arrow sure. just went went gone um what, yeah. what do you what do you what do you say about blood trailing like in blood you know how much blood loss there is on the ground for somebody to follow when you're when you're looking at so you there if you will write notes Mm -hmm. And be intellectually honest, you will find out there's absolutely zero consistency. Really? Ever. It's a really overblown topic. And people talk, say, every every time I never believe that guy. No, nope, you're out. <laughs> sure. You're out. If you say every time, 100% success. Yep. You are a liar. Yeah. And I started keeping blood trailing um data on my and i found out that our average on a decent hit our average tracking distance was under 100 yards it was more like 60 and blood trails were really weird the other day the first test i did with my three blade brought in i shot 145 pound pig because i was just testing 17 yards right above the elbow i mean when i hit him i said that pig is dead yeah right the shaft hit the ground they're short and out of an elevated position you hit the ground so it looks like it's a pass it would skip through if you shot on the ground but it hits the dirt every time they carry them off most of the time yeah there was blood i walked up I, my sons were in the house and stuff and they like to track along and do the video and all that sure. crap so yeah. i walked up and there was blood at impact there was blood running and i said okay. oh okay i go get the boys it went 10 yards and then it was 
you know, yeah. take away 53 yards, big deal, easy to find. I smelled him, walked over there and picked sure. him up. But right off the get-go, the first 10 yards was big drops like that, just doop, 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 doop. And I was like, oh, that's going to be like, take your shoes off and go get it. Right. Wrong. And I'm just, I'm amazed how inconsistent blood trails are. Yeah. Okay. More I, and more. Yeah. More important is the penetration is what you're saying. You got to just where kill them fast. Penetrate, yeah. And kill yeah. them as fast as you possibly can. You don't have to blood trail if they're just dead right laying right in front of you there. Um, if they tip over, when you see them tip over, it's way easier. Just go pick them up. Yeah. Right. right. A lot less messing around. Uh, the other, the other thing that comes to mind is, you know, like a, a tendency of human beings. And I, th- I think it was actually, uh, we, we've seen it in the history of archery where we take an idea and we take it to the wrong extreme and we do this pendulum thing when we're looking at yep. things. Right. So years ago it was like, oh man, you know, you need this light arrow. You need a fast bow. Like the faster you get an arrow there, uh, the better, uh, mm-hmm slowly and actually fairly recently and you're you're one of the guys that got that pendulum swing in the other way where it's now heavy arrow foc is is something you need to think about uh, momentum you need to talk about um what the more front end weight whatever else do you see the the pendulum swinging too far where somebody's throwing like an a thousand grain you know uh those people load? won't do that yeah on my channel i constantly if people will pay attention i constantly preach 550 yeah, you do. Yep. It's a very, con- it's a good um, trajectory. It's a consistent parabola over distance. I've yeah. tested that. So a very, if you will be honest with yourself, you guys with the slider don't know this, but if you shoot an arrow under 400, uh, 500 grains, look at your pins. And if they open up as distance goes further, that's aerodynamic drag. Okay. It's right. a direct, it's a direct representation of aerodynamic drag. Basically, as it flies through the air, the wind that's it's, going it's against the, it's getting the life sucked out of it. Yeah, and that's energy too being sucked out of it. Right. So I see a lot of guys say, "I'm shooting sixty in an elk," and your pins are like super close together, and then they just and then they're you know their bottom pin may be more than a quarter inch apart, yeah. fifty and sixty, and they don't they don't formulate that in their head. I, I know, but it would seem more consistent if you had the same gap every time. Right. So at 550, you start to see a little more open between 20 and 30, a little more open, but of it's, course. it's less of a, an abrupt change. Sure. One of my buddies has a 90-yard pin, and the gap between 80 and 90 is probably bigger than an elk. Oh, really? And okay. I'm like, how are you going to manage that? I mean, you know. Yeah. Kind of right. winging around. So what does 73 look like? You know? Yeah. So that's the other, the, the downrange energy. And then this more consistent parabola over distance because the arrow launches slower and does not slow down as quickly. I've already done that. I've got kinetic energy video. I've got a momentum video. And I actually have an arrow speed erosion video on my channel. And the 388 grain arrow that I shot was going 295 and lost 35 feet per second over 60 yards. And a 718 grain arrow launched at like 220 and lost mm-hmm. 14 feet per second over 60 yards. Really? So it was- basically had almost the same energy at launch that it had at 60 on impact. Interesting. And, and at some point it's got the same amount of, you know, speed and energy that, that, that lighter arrow would oh, have. No, it has, it has 40% more energy on impact. Energy. Sorry. Correct. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're fine. Yeah. So that's the misconception with this concept is I went through, like I said about the mechanicals they're they are advertising on websites at 50 pounds of kinetic energy required. Yeah. I, I'm not even making that up. Just go, go search it. You have a phone, go look yeah. it up later. And you launched at 75. And yeah. at 60 yards, you only have 60. No, you would have less than 50 with a 388 grain arrow. So That's that means you've got to hit really light ribs, something soft, and have no margin for error. Yeah. Well, I and I, I know that to be true. Like I said, growing up, uh, 
that was the, you had the, these light arrows, I had these carbon express, you know, camouflaged arrows that were mm-hmm. super light. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. When, when things switched from these, uh, my first were obviously the uh, aluminum switched to the carbon and had these light arrows. And I had that all the time, right. I'd hit them and lose them or, you know, buddy would, and it just didn't work as well. Um, so your pendulum question is interesting because, um, I don't, most people will, I've shot the heaviest arrow I've ever killed with is a thousand thirty five and I shot two pigs with it and it doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's you. I've um, never even heard of that. Yeah. Rob Nielsen shot with the president of the Ashby foundation shot two K Buffalo this year, last year with an 80 pound bow shooting a 1100 grain arrow. And one of them still in Africa. It went through the Cape Buffalo and the trackers couldn't find it. <laughs> so both the Cape Buffalo he shot were complete pass-throughs. And like I said, one of the arrows is still there. It's out yeah. in the bush. Cape Buffalo. And, and like for people who are listening who don't know, the Cape Buffalo is usually like the, like that's like the gold standard. Like if, if you're like, that's one of the tougher animals that you're going to shoot. Mm-hmm. Once again, mud, thick hide, big yep. ribs. And Dr. Ed says uh, they're about 18 and 18 to 24 inches on a big bull from, from rib to rib. Okay. Yeah. So, so the inside of it. For the inside, where his yeah. stuff dies. Yeah. Who cares about the outside, right? So yeah. they're probably, if I spitball them, they're probably six to 10 inches thick if you shot them in the shoulder. So skin to rib cage. And then it's got to go another 18 inches past that. Well, Rob shot through them. And it went off, and one of the arrows was gone. Like shooting through a deer. Yeah, just straight through. Oh, <laughs> insane. But the pendulum is sw- I, what I see from email and the limited amount of stuff I watch on the comments for me and stuff. I just don't pay attention to it. I really don't care. But what I'm seeing is a big ch- pendulum swing to better broadhead systems, learning to sharpen. Yeah. And and tuning. Yeah. People are. My followers are really spending a lot of time farting around with bear shafts and paper tuning and their bows and trying to get it to shoot right. I don't have a problem with you tuning a bow to shoot an arrow. Yeah. Okay. This is the, one of the things that Dan at Elkshaven, him and his voice bust my balls on that by saying, well, you basically don't know anything about bows. And I said, that's, that's absolutely correct. And you're fine with it. You're fine living fine. that way. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm okay with you saying it, but here's the problem. And I didn't get to talk to them about that. Instead of studying the stick like Ed did to figure out what works best and then making that stick shoot through a bow by tuning the bow, yeah, they have decided what stick will penetrate arbitrarily with no proof based on speed of and trajectory yep. and wanting to hit the target. And then they tune that arrow w- with the bow. Yep. It's a terrible strategy. It's backwards. Because you take, you've just arbitrarily chosen, this stick is the best stick for me to shoot 90. Yeah, but will it penetrate what you hit at 90? Yeah, it will. Because it's, look, I'm going to hit them. So we're going to tune the bow and make the Twizzler fly. I know you can do that. But you're not starting from the premise of building the best stick to kill right. the animal and say, I'm going to deliver it. I'll give you a practical example from Daryl Barnett, the rocket man. In the military, when he was there, they got the armor they were shooting at. Okay? Yeah. They figured out with a giant gun and a projectile what would penetrate that armor. Because if you bounce off a tank, they turn their turret and shoot back. Yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. It's bad for your health. Okay. <laughs> so what they did was they said this P this, you know, uranium rod that weighs like, like 5,000 grains. That looks like an arrow. Ironically, <laughs> very thin, very long. Then they figured out how to fly it because that's what penetrates the tank. Right. Start with first we things. Arbitrarily decide that the stick's going to penetrate and make it fly with the bow. That's a good way to think about it. That's how I grew up kind of being taught to think about it. And like you said, if you just slow down a minute 
and think like, well, what, what, start with first things. What, what's the first thing? And then move, you know, and you, so you're making a lot of assumptions before you're even getting to like the, uh, the most important thing. So. so I'll give you another example that's very practical. Not everybody can pull 90 pounds. Not everybody has a long draw length, right? There's people of all sizes. Once again, the bell curve. Yeah. Impact here. Ladies want to go bowling. I had three ladies kill Cape Buffalo last year. So, I built the arrows for one of them. And one lady killed a cave oven with a 44 pound recurve and like a 900 grain arrow. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. That arrow is going 120 feet per second or something, just all the way to the fletches. So with a, when you are limited in your ability to deliver say a 600 grain arrow on target, which would be really a great way to penetrate most of North America, then yeah. you have to accept distance and you have to pull things closer. Right. Right. That but was the projectile's going to work. Yep. So when I went nail guy hunting, I was, we were going to spot and stalk and waterhole hunt and not necessarily get the angle you wanted. So I built a 715 grain beast with the highest penetration broadhead I could build. I got it to fly bear shaft. I messed around with the shaft and doing a bunch of the crap. And I couldn't, I could only shoot 45 yards. Okay. Fine. It's a 600 pound animal. Yeah. I accepted my distance cut for shooting a tank penetrator. Right. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You can't have everything. Well, and that was, that was going to be a question I had for you. Um, a lot of the, the things people will say, are, well, two, it, it deals with that. Like first they say, well, with a lighter arrow, you know, there's less, um, you know, distance between pins, your, your 20 and 30 can be, you can be your more margin for error if you use the wrong pin. So that's one. The other is, well, you, you can't shoot as far. So I'm going to be out elk hunting say, and I want to shoot, you know, an 80 yard shot in elk and my, you know, if I have a slider, it doesn't even go that far. If I got a heavy arrow, mm-hmm. um, what, what do you, what do you think about the, those? I don't care. You don't care. <laughs> you didn't choose the right, you didn't choose the best, necessarily the best tank penetrator. You chose yeah. an arrow that will fly 80. Yeah. A long flyer, not a, I haven't messed with this. And maybe you can tell me this. Could you start your slider at 40? Yeah. You could start it anywhere. I think. And roll it out. Yeah. Or is that yeah. still, is it, is it still end up in the same place? Uh, well, what if, you took, what if you cut your tape, rolled it back and you started at 35 yards? Right. Yeah. You could, you could do that. Or some of those guys have like the three pins with the one floater, mm-hmm. you know, you oh, could that would that. make my head would pop off. I would yeah. miss, I, 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 I would choose the wrong pin or floater and double peeps and all that crap. I'm with That's you for target guys. But <laughs> I've always wondered if you could take a slider lightier adjust the algorithm started yeah. at 35 and then learn to hold under for this close stuff yeah but you'd be able to send a 650 grain arrow 90 yards i don't know how i think that would work but my brain as i'm trying to talk and think about that it's it's all tied up in knots right now i don't know but i think you could i've, I've always wondered that i'm going to call brandon mcdonald and get him to figure that out for me he thinks he's smart so um <laughs> That has always been something. If I was going to shoot pins and I needed to shoot a heavy arrow far, I think I might start them at 35. But I think the pin, I think the bracket would still end up in the same place. But I think you could cheat it with a slider. I think there's, there's got to be a way. That, again, like you said, it, it, it will max out on how far it will slide. But if you adjust your sight or, or something. You know, if you adjusted the drop, tape and, the, yeah. and if you started, if you zeroed at 35, and yeah. lie to yourself you could it's so uncool right this is what i had did when i had a slider yeah. i didn't use the stupid tapes i put tape on there and i just marked it with a sharpie yeah but i'm not cool and i don't give a crap what anyone thinks i need my toys to function sure so if i was going to do this and i was shot a slider i don't know, shoot the easy piece side but, but with a slider i think what i would do is i would zero to 35 i would put a tape on there and i would just hand mark it and that's something that should roll way the hell out there. That's and the hold under is not that much. If you're shooting at an elk at 35 yards, you hold at the elbow. It's yeah. going to be fine. You'll be that's fine. You get a yeah. You get some margin for, for the, <laughs> you know. It's not going to shoot four feet high. <laughs> so I always thought that the close range hold off would be easier than yeah. trying to figure out 94. Yeah. Because all arrows are real inefficient out there. They're really loping. I don't care what you're shooting. Yeah. They're all open. And if you make one little twitch, it's another two yards. 
Exactly. It, it's, it could go anywhere. People yeah, think no. they're better than they are. The, 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 the driving range, I used to carry a single digit handicap and I don't take practice length golf and I just hit the damn thing and chase yeah. it around. And the practice range is always, you know, a telling deal. Yeah. So people, I think people get a little bit, uh, they don't realize their first three 90 yard shots weren't that good. Right. It's, it's, I'm guilty of that. Well, it's just interesting you say that. I mean, I don't know. People do think they're a lot better than they are. I used to think, you know, I'll say, I'll admit it. I used to think I was a really good shot. Like I thought yeah. I was the man yeah. for, a, for a number of years. Uh, then I mm-hmm. got target panic. Yep. And then I realized I'm just not as good as I thought. And now I've never really reached that same level of hubris that I at once had. Get the uh, EZV site. That'll fix that. I have target panic like crazy. How does it fix it? Because you can't, there's no pins. It's a V. So you're looking down the middle of the V and you can see the target. Right. So you're not ever holding off or on because there's nothing getting in the way Uh-oh. of where you're aiming. Interesting. You, you learned that. That thing saved my saved me bow hunting. I mean, that's honestly, I had target panic so bad. It was horrible. You're not supposed to admit that stuff. So you're quite the man. Thank you. Quite the sack you're swinging around there. Buddy. Uh, but yeah. nobody, I don't know how many people have target panic. I've met bunches. I've met hundreds of thousands of people do and they just don't talk about it or they don't know. I didn't really realize I had target panic until I figured it out. But the EZB site is a V and you, it's kind of like you shoot it enough. You learn how much meat's supposed to be in the V and you push the trigger, just shoot. Like yeah. you don't think, any, there's, I don't even think about distance anymore. Oh, cause it, that's kind of the, I, I've seen these before these, these, uh, that V site. It's like, you, you don't have to really worry about, I mean, distance because it's just how much is it taking up in the, the V. Right? In the V, right. Yeah. And your brain starts to see the same picture over and over again. Interesting. So close range, you need this much meat. And then as you back up, the V gets narrower and your brain just says, that's about right. And you shoot. And it's unbelievably great. On It's a, it's probably not a, the best 3D, you know, pinpoint, but that view of target panic, you're not going to be very good on 3D. You're not going to be no. a world-class shooter anyway. And, but on meat under stress, you let your brain just do the math. That just figures it out. And it's less uh, movement. You know, you're not, hammer. Yeah. Interesting. I never heard of that. I uh, never heard of kind of that approach. Cause like I said, I, I'd like, I'll, I'm trying to like fix my brain. Yeah. I do all the things. And, and like you said, most people won't admit it. And I think it's like baseball when you got the yips or like, yeah, yeah. Throwing them. you can't say it, you're going to ruin it. You're it's all suspicion and, and everything. Well, else. I, when so, I shot pins, when I figured out I had target panic, I, most of my hunting is at deer feeders and testing and stuff. So my shots are under 20. Yeah. So what I did with my bow, I should have switched back XT back then. God, that's the best bow in the world. If y'all Great own bow. one of those, don't give it away ever. Yep. Or mail it to me. That's I'll take a good all move. you've got. And I've given them to my nephews and stuff. But anyway, it's not a super fast bow. It's super stable shooting thing. And I, I started shooting 25 and 45. Mm-hmm. Okay? I had two pins. So at the deer feeders, I was never holding on. Right. Like I was aiming at the dirt. So I sure. could see the damn pig. And I shot great. And then when I was stalking, it was always a hold off. So I could, I didn't know what I was doing to myself, but I was always able to see the target animal. And I, and I was always going, that's about right. And I was still shooting my field. Yeah. But when I put the V on, I was like, okay, I already yes. kind of do this, but it's horizontal. I did the same thing. I'd always hold high and I didn't really notice that I was really doing that because it would always, because I guess I would just, you know, set my sight where I thought to be you know, right. And it was actually mm-hmm. high the whole time, but I just did it consistently. Right. And then finally I'm like, all right, you know, getting real into ev- all components of, of archery. And, and that's like, all right, I got to get my, I'm doing this wrong. So I started doing it the right way. And all of a sudden I'm sending arrows. Yeah, right. everywhere. Flying all the damn place. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh, well, Troy, we're coming up on time here. Um, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and just walking us through, uh, just some basic, very interesting things. Uh, I want people to find you because like I said, I'm, I've got a, a long list of videos. I'm actually going to be watching yet today. Uh, that fairy you put dust, out. Just, baby. You're snorting, you're snorting the fairy dust. Yeah, that's right. I, I got hooked on the dust and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got me hooked and no, it's, it's really good stuff. And there's just a lot of, um, a lot of good information. So for people who are listening, who want to follow you and see the kind of shenanigans you're up to, how, how can mm-hmm. they do that? All right. Well, first of all, you know, go in with your big boy boots on because I do save direct crap. But uh, you can Google the ranch fairy and I will come up with some goofy ass face with some dumb picture because I 
I'd really like to have fun. Yeah. And archery is supposed to be fun. And then on Instagram and stuff, just Branch Ferry is fine. It's, I got lucky when I bought the name. I call myself that at the ranch for 10 years running it instead of calling myself the ranch manager. I would tell everybody who goes there, just call the ranch ferry and I'll fix the toilet or whatever. And it was just a <laughs> joke. It was an absolute joke. And when I decided to start a channel, I looked and nothing came up. Perfect. So I bought the name. Obviously, I got all the, you know, gay comments and all that stuff. Oh, of course. Map, it's your month. Right. It is my month. I forgot. <laughs> I got to post that on Instagram. Damn You're it. Welcome. Great idea. Hey, just tag me as, you know, as yeah, the I'll idea. I'll tag it in on the fair chase. So, <laughs> oh my God, I got to put on like a bikini or something. That would yep. be fantastic. Maybe some lipstick. Oh, something something purple, you know, hair. Something I purple. Yeah. Or, or I got a rainbow shirt, I think. So, I, oh my God, you're a genius. <sighs> but anyway, it because of the tough guy, steroid, flat brim, world of bow hunting, and everybody's, you know, a one-upper and all that, it really took off on, and it's so unique. I got yeah. lucky. I'm not a marketing person, but I got really lucky with that. And then, um, you know, people just love to brag on. People don't. So you have to understand if you're going to become a podcaster or a YouTuber, put yourself out there. Listen, if you were painting doorknobs, you would get the same amount of crap I get and you get, you know, we do an archery. You're going to upset the professional, you know, doorknob painters. They're going to be pissed about your lacquer or whatever. Sure. It's just the way humans are. They don't really like anyone who breaks the, um, the common thread. And the, the other thing that has been wild, and I don't understand why you do this. I've had some of the you know, top tier pros and stuff giving me shit. And I'm like thinking, dude, you like, <laughs> really? I'm just literally some idiot on YouTube <laughs> who would prefer to be fishing for ditch pickles or speckled trout. Yeah. Who just thinks it's funny. Yeah. I've got a sure. real job and the money I make off is from serious or sponsorship. Trust me, I'm not quitting my real job. I get gas <laughs> money and pay for some broadheads and do that kind of thing and get to pay for all my shenanigans and continue testing. Yeah. It's nice. I'm not knocking it, but I'm not no. going to be a pro anytime soon and be able to hunt doll sheep or go moose hunting every year, yeah. those kind of things. But some of the names who have come at me, are, I'm just like, God, do you know, really? I mean, is this really guy? that disruptive? <laughs> yeah. Just look at me. I got a dinosaur on my shirt. Like, it's a hilarious care. shirt. Yeah. So that inspires me now. It, it's, it, it is a nice, <laughs> bre- it's, it's a breath of fresh air. Like you said, there's, there's a certain, I don't know, just kind of like mold that a lot of people try to fit everybody in. You need to be this or that. or um, And, and we, we've seen it. Um, we're not, you know, we haven't seen probably the year level, uh, but it is weird, but I appreciate what you're doing. That's why I say it. it's, I've been dying to have you on. And so I, uh, I was excited to have you just to hear you out. It's been no, a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. I enjoy talking and you, you went down a different little angle. It's, I've had a lot of podcasts. I want to talk about Ford Center and all that garbage and that's perfectly natural, but it's, it was fun to talk more about like your, the, when we started talking about the concept of build the tank penetrator. then learn to shoot the tank penetrator. That's something people need to really consider because that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Now in my bow hunting for what I do with pigs and all that stuff, I have no doubt that my system will not fail and it will go on target. No. If I screw it up like that one I talked about, the wiggle when I waggle. Yeah. That's going to happen. But I can't have other stuff. I can't have an arrow that, you know, you have your arrows back in the old days. We used to number arrows and that meant the number one shot with a broadhead, the best. Yeah. Oh yeah. We were God help you. You had to shoot number three. Yeah. You're you just kind of aim around <laughs> the deer and hope that God whips in there. Right. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. It's so, it's so true. I would number them or like write little, you know, like a name on them or something dumb like that. Yeah. I talked to a guy who was elk hunting. He was going elk hunting. And he was shooting 400 spawn arrows and 70 pounds. We were shooting 3D and field points are liars. Yeah. Like field points will let you get away with murder. And once you put the wing on the front, it gets crazy. And he said, yeah, I'm going elk hunting. I can't shoot broadheads past 30. So I'm just going to take a 30 yard shot or in. I was like, yeah. Seems oh, like that's a terrifying. Even at 30, add a little stress, a little bit of shake and yeah. have to lean down a mountain or bend over at the waist and shoot downhill. Yeah. You're talking about, a, you know, 
arrows in a five-inch circle, God help you. Yeah, you're it's like, well, they're big. Not wow. that big. Not that big. <laughs> There's a whole lot of bad on the yeah. day, you know. But yeah. I thank you very much and holler anytime if you want to do this again and come up with some crazy questions or people send you hate mail, I can answer the hate mail for you. I'll just redirect a, it all to you. I'm a pro. Yeah, just redirect it to me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Anyway, right, if well, you want to find me, just search the raspberry. It's fine. Just be careful. Um, you know, I do say very direct things. I don't know how else to communicate, but my channel is all education when it comes down to it in the last year, especially if you watch, don't want to go back in time. In the last year, I've studied, you know, downrange energy, area, arrow speed loss, sharpening, arrow tuning, arrow flight, you know, fletching arrows after they're not tuned. Yeah. And a lot of practical things to make the tank penetrator fly better and penetrate the tank. Yeah. Great way to put it. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really helps us out. keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it. Five stars. That'd helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.